Uh, welcome everybody to episode six of Bases and Brews. Uh, welcome, I am uh, Ben. That is Brandon. Uh, this is our weekly podcast where we talk about baseball and beer. Uh, we stream the show live on twitch.tv slash bases and brews, no spaces, every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. This week we're on Saturday. Just a, a little delay. Uh, come give us a follow over there. Watch us live. Or if you can't make it, uh, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on podcast services such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and hopefully soon coming to Apple Podcasts. Uh, and several other podcast services. Just search for Bases and Brews. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at Bases Brews to get baseball news and updates on the podcast. And yeah, how are you doing this week, man? I'm doing better today. Doing That's better good. today. <laughs> Wasn't feeling too good yesterday. I think I ate something not so not so savory. Yeah, it's never yeah, good, it happens. But- it's uh, it's good that you're feeling better for sure. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm uh, just uh, another week, <laughs> another <laughs> week watching baseball. Uh, what are you drinking this week? Uh, this week. I am actually going back to I think what we what I had the first episode, um, which is Austin Beerworks Fire Eagle IPA. Oh yeah. Um, I just wanted to clear out the rest of the beer in my fridge. Honestly, <laughs> I, I've hit the point where uh, it's I have like two of like three different kinds of beers, so I'm like, all right, I need to get rid of those before I buy new stuff. Yeah, I am with yeah. you on that. I'm getting to something that I didn't get to last week. It's a nice little sour. It's kind of light. I wish it was a little bit sweeter, but it's not bad. From uh, Fruition Brewery here around the corner from my house. And it is called Tropic Sunset Snack. It's like a passion fruit, pink guava, and hibiscus sour. It's pretty good. It's nice and light. I, like I said, I wish it was just a tiny bit sweeter. Um, when I go for sours, I know that kind of sounds dumb when you're talking about sours, but I like them when they're a little bit on the sweeter side. Yeah, I'm not. I've never been a big fan of like the fruitier beers. It just never. I don't know. The combination of fruit and hops just never clicked for me. Well, see, that's why but- I like a lot of these sours is because they. Don't it's not like a fruit beer like some of the like the mango ones I was drinking. This is just like it's almost like a like a fruit drink without that's got alcohol in it almost. Okay. You know what I more mean? Of like a, almost like more of a seltzer than a almost like one of those hard seltzers. Except for a taste a lot better than yeah. any hard seltzer. Yeah. But yeah, right. but the the <laughs> idea is very similar. Like it's still carbonated right. and everything, but it's more on like the it's more fruity flavors and sweet flavors than it is. Like you don't taste like really any hops or any of that. It's just like a light fruit drink almost. Yeah. Which That's, uh, I kind of like. Um, yeah. I'm, I've tried several times to drink like beer with fruit flavor in it. And it just, it never works for me. I just can't 
I don't know why. I love beer and I love fruit, but the two combined just don't. So something about it. <laughs> so the only one I've had at least recently that I can remember is that what was it the mango club or whatever the one i had on the first episode too that like mango ipa that one was actually really good um i've tried another one since then and i didn't like it out like at all um but typically i'm not a huge fan of like like you said like the fruit with the hops doesn't really usually go very well for me yeah oh well it's all good but these Um, are pretty good yeah uh, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, let's start off with some hot and cold. Um, so we'll start the week. I actually don't, I didn't write down what day this was. I think it was like Tuesday. But uh, J.D. Martinez, still in Boston, which is crazy. Uh, I know, right? Hit three home runs in one game for the third time in his career. And... Uh, through the first eight games of the season, he has 12 extra base hits, which tied in a major league record. So that crazy. seems kind of crazy. That that sounds so low to me. That's what I, that's kind of that, that's what I mean by crazy. Like 12 yeah. extra base hits is all like that. What that's the record for the first eight games. I would figure somebody at some point would have gotten like extraordinarily hot. But then again, when you average that out, that is almost two extra base hits a game. Yeah, that's fair. That's a that's a, actually kind of a crazy amount of extra base hits when you really factor in. It's like two a it week. It is, but you, I would have expected somebody to get hot at some point and have like, you know, 15. Like actually have two a game because they have like one game where they get like four or something. That's true. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, but yeah. So that ties the MLB record is 12 extra base hits in eight games. So good for him. Um, we'll move to San Diego Padres. This happened. Yeah. And this happened while we were <clears throat> recording last week's this episode. Happened, this happened about 10 minutes before we finished the episode, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't see it before we ended, but. Uh, yeah, Joe Musgrove threw the first no-hitter in Padres history, and he's also freaking just killing it. <laughs> yeah, he is. Through his first two starts, he had not allowed... What's going on? Insane. Um, but, yeah, in his next start, he allowed a, a run or two. I don't know. He has a .47 ERA now. 24 strikeouts. So, yeah, I don't know, but he's uh, he's going off though. Yeah, the Padres were the only team in baseball that didn't ever have a no-hitter, so which seems kind of crazy to me. Cuz the Padres have been around for 50 years. They, so you're saying it's crazy that they hadn't gotten one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have imagined <laughs> yeah. that every yeah, team at this point had had one. I mean, yeah. I doubt a lot of teams, if very many, have multiple, but I would have figured every team over right. the course of 50, 60, 100 years for some of the teams, like, they'd all have at least one. Yeah, I totally agree with you, but now they do. <laughs> eh, it's crazy. Uh, 
But yeah, Joe Musgrove killing it in San Diego right now. Um, Lance Lynn in Chicago. The only reason I had him in here through his first two starts, he had also not allowed a run in like 14 innings, 13 innings. But he allowed a couple against the Indians this week. Um, But still, 0.92 ERA, pretty good. Um, Shane Bieber, I had to throw him in here. Like, come on. Of course you did. First, he ties the MLB record. He's one of three pitchers ever who have gotten 10-plus strikeouts in the first three starts of a season. The only other pitchers to do it are Nolan Ryan, who, like, one of the greatest to ever pitch, and Garrett Cole. three years ago, who is one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. So pretty good company. So would you say you're officially a believer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trust me, those shirts were made so much last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he has 35 strikeouts in three games or something. Yeah, he's insane right now. Yeah, <clears throat> there was a really good game. I wrote it on here, but um, him and Lucas Giolito, the White Sox, pitched against each other this week, and they he took a he pitched nine innings and didn't allow a run, and had eleven Ks. And Giolito pitched like seven and two thirds and didn't allow a run. Both teams took shutouts into the extra innings. Okay. 0-0 into the 10th. Yeah, that's insane. <clears throat> I gotta say, though, it is nice to see a lot of pitchers going deep into games right now. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I will say, I know we both hate the rule, but I think the making pitchers face three batters is the cause of that. I was actually just going to ask you if you thought that that had an <clears throat> impact on how late yeah. we're seeing guys actually get swapped out. Yeah. Because you have before, to wait for the right moment now because... Right. Because before it would be like seventh inning, you'd have a right-handed starter and there'd be a lefty coming up who like had a good hit off him. And you'd be like, all right, let's go lefty, lefty. But now it's like, well, you do that, but then your lefty has to face two right-handers after that or something. So it's like, I think that is the reason, even if neither of us like the rule, I think that is a good product of that. Sure. I've got to say, as little as little as I like the rule, I really don't like the rule that much. Um, I don't honestly see it like super impacting the game, though. As far as like, like uh, I like I thought it would take away a lot of options, and oh. the way that it's being used, at least by a lot of the teams I've been watching, it doesn't seem to really be much of an issue you just have to plan out a little bit farther ahead when you're looking at putting somebody in yeah i think it really makes you look at a lineup when you're setting up your lineup to try not to have too many people of the same on the same side of the plate in a row because then you guarantee that you're going to get like a lefty righty matchup or vice versa well unless you just <laughs> Pinch hit and pinch hit and pinch hit. Well, I the guess, Giants did but... it the other day. I think they had seven pinch hitters in the game. How do you even have that many people on your bench? They they have <laughs> they they dropped one of their pitching slots and added an extra bench slot. Was that when Cueto went down? 
uh it was i think it was actually the game after Quato went down okay might have i or it was right but it was right around that time yeah um but yeah no they had literally seven pinch hitters in one game nice that's crazy yeah i think <laughs> the indians only have like four players on their bench I don't think it's a regular thing for them. I don't think they'd normally carry that many bench players, but I think they were just, they had the extra slot, so they had someone up. Right. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, moving on from Bieber, one more pitcher just to mention. Uh, Joe Ross in... Uh, Washington also has a zero ERA through two starts, but he's also only thrown 11 innings, so. That isn't very much. No, still impressive, but, um, yeah. Uh, all right, so then we'll get into some hitters here. Uh, Ronald Acuna is fucking killing it in uh, Atlanta. He's top five in batting average, slugging percentage, on-base plus slugging, Hits, extra base hits, doubles, and homers. And he's leading, like, almost all those, except for, like, homers and, uh, uh, I think, average. He's, like, third. Well, he's definitely on the short list for potential Triple Crown winners this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I figured he'd come out and ball, but damn. Yeah. Did you see the play the other day? Um, There was a ground ball too short they were playing the cubs so it was uh javi Baez <clears throat> gets the ball like going towards second base he like dove for it acuna was on second and he scored on the play that's insane the ball didn't leave the infield and he went from second to home and they didn't even throw the guy out at first they didn't even make a throw to first like he caught the ball in, in the hole towards second base and threw it straight to home, and Acuna still beat the throw. Was he already stealing? No. Damn. I'll try to pull it up. Damn, that, that's, that's impressive. If he was already, like, if it was, like, a hit and run or whatever, it was just a blatant steal, then he's got that huge of a jump, then I'm... That's more like just running home and having full momentum from third on. Uh, I'm going to send it to you if you want to pull it up on your phone just to get a look at it. But uh, My phone's um, in the other room. I'll check it out yeah. in a minute. Well, never mind. Uh, but yeah, it's it's insane. He's just killing the league. He's probably up there in steals, too. I didn't even look at steals, but he's sure. he's just... He's the like epitome of a five-tool player. He can do everything. I would agree with you on that one. Have you noticed that it seems like steals are up this year, early? Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I just hear a lot of people I, about a lot of people stealing early in the season. I would have to look, but yeah, I don't know. Is it definitely, I don't know, maybe people are just talking about it more? Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but... I also watching the Indians like we don't have a ton of speed, so I don't really know. So we don't have a ton um, of speed either, but we 
Uh, I don't even know who this guy is. Ramon Laureano. He's Oakland's center fielder. Has eight stolen bases already. Yeah. And then there's a few guys with four, and then everybody else is three and two. So I, maybe there's more than usual. I don't really, I don't have like a full breakdown. Yeah, I'd have to look up more of that. Maybe that's something we can talk about next week if we look at it and it's up a lot. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Ronald Acuna, absolutely superstar. Like, up there with Mike Trout right now as one of the best players in the game. Um, somebody you and me both like, Vlad Guerrero Jr., is also killing it right now. He has a 413 batting average and a 1,200 on-base plus slugging. I told you I had a good feeling about him this year. Granted, he did look really good early, but... Yeah, he also, I guess... When I was looking this up, like for hot and cold, and saw him, apparently he lost like thirty pounds in the off season. Yeah, I told you he looked good. He like dropped he, like, weight, stole several bases already this year, and like he's looking real good. He hit a ball the other day that went like four hundred and eighty feet or something. It was like a hundred and seventeen exit velocity or something like that. That's unreal. It was insane. He crushed it. But yeah, I I hope he continues because I he's so much fun to watch. Like, it, I the I like him. The, the way the ball comes off his bat is special. It was the same way with his dad too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I loved dad, Vlad. He was, I I loved him, but I feel like his dad never had like that pop off the bat. He but definitely he was, wasn't he, as much of a power hitter. Yeah, he could hit home run. He would hit what, like 20 a year, 15 to 20 a year or something, maybe 30 in a couple of years. But, I mean, he wasn't bombing him like his son is. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I, I take it back. But he's, he did have a nice... The 30s most years. Through the prime of his career, he was in the 30s. He had 40 toys. But then, I mean, yeah. he's got almost four. He has four forty nine for his career. Yeah. So, I don't I mean, know. I didn't played, remember him with it, that much pop. I remember him hitting a lot of doubles and like yeah. running a lot. I mean, the thing I remember about Guerrero Senior is that he would hit balls that like bounced in the dirt and hit them for doubles. Oh <laughs> and, yeah, like, <laughs> the ball would be in the other batter's box <laughs> and he'd hit it down the right field line. Like, yeah. That kind of stuff was always so much fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I I, I hope that continues because one, he's fun to watch, and two, we both like Toronto, and Toronto needs him to be very good. Yeah, they Especially need him to be an all star. Bring her out and a bunch of other guys kind of hurt for them, but um, get into a couple teams here that are really hot. Boston lost the first three games of the year, and then won. 10 straight, I think. What they lost one and then they won yesterday or today. So they've won like uh 11 of their last 12 after they got swept by Baltimore to Dang. open the season. So they're like they're like 11 and 4 right now or something. 
uh, and then the Dodgers came out real hot. They were the first team to hit ten wins, and they're they're twelve and two right now to start the season, which sucks for you, but <laughs> they look real good. It only it, it really doesn't though, because my Giants are actually looking a lot better than I had anticipated. Yeah. Like the if they, they're out of the gate too. they're in the bottom nine right now, it uh, looks like they're down or they're up one with one out. If they can close this out, they'll be nine and five, and they That's will literally, if I'm not mistaken, that would put them tied. Actually, the they'd be above the Padres by a half game because the yeah. Padres are nine and six. The Padres stumbled and they're playing LA right now. And they were without Tatis for ten days. So I'm just <laughs> but, I'm just saying like that they're actually very much surprising me. Yeah, I mean I hope it continues. I but, picked them to be third in that division. But. So they're surprising me though in all like the uh, like the wrong ways. Like our pitching is like top four, top five in the league. Right, which but, is not what you expected. I, I expected it to be much worse. Um, I don't know if I would say I expected it to be like bottom of the league, but I did definitely didn't expect like a top five rotation or entire pitching yeah. staff. Um, yeah, we're we're hitting home runs, but if you actually look at the averages of these guys, it's like one sixty, one eighty. They're like we have so many guys yeah. that are hitting under the Mendoza line. Then that might have I... changed with today's game because I think there's a few more hits today, obviously. But we had a lot of guys that were like. Two for twenty-two, three for thirty-three. Yeah. I watched the Indians game today, and our best, the highest average in the lineup was like two forty, and there was like half the lineup is under two hundred. It's it's rough. I mean, we have a couple guys that are. I think uh, we got at least one that's right around that three hundred mark. Um, yeah. But most everybody is, I would probably say, right in that same boat, 240 or under, but they're winning because they're hitting home runs. Right. And it's yeah, like... A couple of uh, hits they do get it, they make count. It's like that's what this league has kind of become. And we've talked about it a few times. Like yeah. batting averages don't really matter if you hit home runs, especially if those yeah. home runs are with people on base. The Giants, yeah. I think, the other day had something that might... I don't know if it was... That it's never happened in baseball before, or if it just ha hasn't happened with the Giants, where literally both the Giants and the other team hit two two-run home runs in the first inning. Jeez. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah it was 4-4 four, four I mean, after the first inning. <laughs> that's, that's what this league is now. It's home runs and strikeouts. It's crazy. Um, and then I, did you want to touch on Bumgarner? Oh yeah. So our lone cold this. Yeah, there are other week. cold players, but we didn't find this was the one that I felt was about. the most important to talk about being a Giants fan because one because I feel bad, but two just to highlight how good of a move it wasn't for them. It was for them not to resign him. Uh, Madison Bumgarner is currently zero two. With an 11.2 ERA, with 13 and two thirds innings pitched, and what? What? Hold on, let me go down. Let's see. With 17 earned runs. That's fucking crazy. 
17 earned runs in 13 innings. Yeah. First off, here's a better question. Why did he pitch 13 innings? Like, that means he is averaging over six innings a start, but he gave up, like, eight and a half runs a start? Like, why I is think he I actually, I think, I think he's... Um, no, he's he's played three games. He's he's got oh. one no decision. Okay, that makes so sense. he's probably that's like what four, four and a couple, four and a third or something innings a game. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't think he's made it out of the fourth time. of any game. Well, he would he would have had to to average more than four. I guess it's one. <laughs> not not necessarily. Well, yeah. If he never got out, yeah. Anyway. I don't do maths. Yeah, we're not doing math. This isn't a math podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's rough. He's so bad right he, now. He, it's, it's almost he's so bad they almost have to pull him from the rotation and do something because they just paid him a whole lot of money, like a yeah. whole lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and this is overpaid. I don't only understand why he, they overpaid because he's already. I guess he's only thirty-one. Yeah, he's he not like, that old. I but he was like thirty-five. But, but he's got a lot of wear on his arm from a yeah. lot of the postseason and all the stupid shit he's done off the field. True. Breaking his collarbone, riding a dirt bike, all yeah. things that you know what I don't care because, like, well, I mean, who like isn't going to? Because he got you a World Series. Well, even if he hadn't, like, he was even without the World Series, he's one of the best pitchers in the more modern era the Giants have had. Yeah, um, totally. Fair. Even if you take that away, I mean, the postseason definitely makes him like an icon yeah. in San Francisco for sure. Um, he would have really still been pitcher. talked about, I think, in very, very high regards without those. He was a really good pitcher in the regular season. But, like, never, you know, top tier. Like, he was in the top 20. He's top arguably, 15. though, the best postseason pitcher all time. Right. And that's exactly what I was going to say, is he's he's famous and very well-known because of the postseason. Like, he's a really good starter in the regular season for most of his career. So, like, the postseason's what made his name. Oh, yeah, for sure. But. So, yeah. yeah, he's, like, swimming in the ice caps right now. <laughs> he's got to figure something out. Yeah. It's really bad. I don't know how you go from what he was to what he is so fast. I, I think he's going to – they're going to have – they're not going to because of what they've paid him. They're going to just make him figure it out and obviously get guys to work with him and try and – figure out if it's mechanics or if it's just a mental thing. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Cause yeah, like you said, they can't really trade him or you, cut him. I wouldn't think that, but I would think maybe you'd send him down to work like in the minor leagues just to fix yeah. whatever, but you can't do that with someone that veteran and that you're well, paying that kind of money. I, I don't think I, I could pretty much guarantee you wouldn't have a minor league option anyway. So if that's, you drop him down, he becomes a, he goes on waivers and anybody can pick him up. That's just a good point. Granted, would anybody pick him up? Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, with, mm. especially if, if they have to pay up, that salary. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you pick him up, he has to be on your major league roster. 
as a major league pitcher. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. But he's got to figure it out. I hope he does. I don't want to see him struggle that bad. Yeah. I mean, if this continues all year, I'm curious if he calls it quits. He'd almost have to, right? Because could he he be bought out? I don't. Baseball contracts are weird, and they're all different. Yeah, I was so. going to say, like, football, if some, if a team really, really wants to get rid of you, they can at least buy you out. I think it's the same in basketball. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know if you can never with really baseball contracts. Baseball. They just cut people in baseball. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I think they just pay their contracts and just don't have them on the team. But I don't So, know. I mean, I guess that would essentially be the same as buying someone out. Yeah, you're you're telling time. them to go away. We'll just keep paying you. <laughs> we'll pay you to not play for us. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you're I mean, that bad that we will pay you to stay away. Usually, I think for those contracts, though, they're at a, a smaller rate. You pay, they pay like two thirds of what's left or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, that's hot or cold, hot and cold. Um. So yeah, we'll get into a little bit of the news from the week. Uh, we'll start with some injuries. Um, the big one, we touched on this last week, but they didn't have the full story yet. Uh, Dexter Fowler is done for the year. Uh, torn ACL. Um, that's a big loss for the Angels. <laughs> I mean, Dexter Fowler's older, but like, he's still a good player, and he's fast, and he's a really good defensive player. Um, I just yeah. hate seeing anybody on the angels go down because the more people go down on the angels the less likely we are to see mike trout in the playoffs again that's also fair um yeah and also on the angels anthony rendon went down got put on the aisle with a string groin and then i don't have it on here but uh shohei otani is also day-to-day with blisters on his pitching hand so that's (laughs) yeah so that's a tough I, I don't know if Otani's still hitting with the blisters or if he... I would I hope. Like he probably is. He's too good of a hit. Well, I guess it depends. I don't know. But I would, it would depend on where the blisters are, though. Yeah, if it's on his fingertips, which is usually where pitchers get blisters, then he's probably fine. But if it's, like, on the... the yeah, that's what I was finger, thinking, too. It might be a little worse, but... um, Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, big losses for the Angels. Um, For the other LA team, the Dodgers, uh, Cody Bellinger has been out for like six or seven days. They thought it was like a bruised leg when he got cleated running to first. Turns out he's got a hairline fracture in his leg. So he's on the IL now. With, well, it says like, I forget what it said, like, no timetable for return or whatever. I would imagine a fracture would be... Probably about a month. It's four to six weeks, I think, for him to heal. And then you figure maybe... So maybe two or three months? So we got, like, half the season? A little over half the season? No, I bet it's, like, a month and a half. You think it's going to be that short? Yeah, hairline fracture is not too bad, and you don't have to have surgery to, like, reset it or anything. I, I bet it's month and a half i don't know i'm thinking two to three months also baseball is not like football where you have to cut and stuff so i feel like 
it's not as straining on your leg. I don't know. You could be right there. I, he might not come back 100% right away, but I feel like he could be back in a month and a half. And it's already been like a full week since it happened too, so um, they just didn't put him on the aisle because he thought it was just a, a bruised shin or whatever it was. Um, but yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because that's that's a big loss for the Dodgers. I mean, he's one of their best players. Um, yeah, another one of the all-time greats, Miguel Cabrera, went to the aisle with a bicep strain. I mean, Cabrera is, like, never, ever hurt. So that was such a huge – I mean, like, having him in the division with the Indians, I see him all the time. And, like, I don't remember the last time I ever saw him miss a game. And he's been on the Tigers for, like, 10-plus years, so. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It'll be. He's he's going to miss at least a little bit of time. Yeah, if it's a strain, it probably won't be too long. <clears throat> no, although he is older. He's, like, 36. 37 somewhere in there um but yeah he'll he'll be back and he'll be miguel cabrera because the dude's one of the best hitters and he's he hasn't declined at all in who knows like 15 years i know right uh detroit also lost their starter julio Tehran. I think I want to say he was like their third starter, second or third. He's pretty good, but not as big of a loss as Miguel Cabrera. But also, Detroit isn't going anywhere this year, so like, doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, the big hit here is Milwaukee got bombarded. Uh, they lost to the IL Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, and Lorenzo Kane. Who are all like the that's like their three, four, five hitters, and they're all gold glove uh fielders. Like damn. That's a they got wrecked. Yeah, that's brutal. Um so yeah, I I don't think that they were really going anywhere either. Milwaukee is kinda middle of the pack, but we'll see. Uh your San Francisco Giants put uh, Johnny Cueto on the aisle after they pulled him. Yeah, he's on a the he's on the ten day right now. They're expecting yeah. him back in not too long. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It's, they said lat strain, so that's just kind of a pull, not really a huge deal. Yeah, um, it, he it does happen to him. I feel like pretty frequently. Yeah, over the last couple years, in, even when he was in Cincinnati. I remember him being out fairly often. But it's early in the season, and with how the Giants are playing so far, just my personal opinion is, okay, take your time. Get back healthy. Because yeah. if he can come back and keep throwing like he did in his first start, oh, man, he's going to yeah. have a hell of a oh, year this looked, year. He looked great before he, they pulled him. He looked fantastic. So, I, I mean... I've always loved him because he does like the weird deliveries. Oh yeah, he has the, the the twist. Yeah, and like I, 
when he was in Cincinnati and then even after they moved him. Like, he's always been that guy who, like, seems like he should be an all-star every year, but he just can't quite get it together. Like, he's hurt. Like, you know he's good enough, though. Yeah, like, his stuff is great. Yeah. And if he can ever stay healthy and, like, fully get it together, like, he could be one of the best pitchers. I mean, he's getting older now, but... But um, no, yeah, it's it's fun to watch him work. And like I said, if he needs to take a little bit of time and get back... As long as you can come back playing, throwing like you were, you're good. But on the bright side, we get Alex Wood back. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. He starts he tomorrow. Start tomorrow. Yeah. So that's, I mean, Alex Wood from Johnny Cueto is a bit of a drop off, but like, at least you're getting a starter back. Fuck, dude. Um, what? <laughs> the Giants give up the lead in the ninth. It's top oh, 10 no. right now no is it or is it yeah like, it's 5-5 five, five. Well, at least you're not losing going into the ninth. no no um, it's top 10 oh extra bases or ex- extra innings runner on second to start yeah I hate it hey. you know what I really hated this is, we're leaving injuries for a second <laughs> the Indians also had extras um today and they had their runner on second to start the game or to start the attempt and everybody just swinging away just bunt him over (laughs) (laughs) bunt him to third it's so simple just give up one out and get him over all you have to do is hit a pop-up after that well you don't even have to get a hit and then donovan solano who's been one of the giants better hitters over the last you know year um just hit a single so now they got first and third no outs i mean that's good the indians went 0 for 3 (laughs) didn't move the runner over at all that's what i'm saying i think donovan solano is one of the only giants that has like a 300 average though yeah um but anyway yeah, I had to rent for a second. That, that's <laughs> it's so I, fucking frustrating. I, I get what you what you're saying. Were they? Was it a home game? Uh, no. It, we okay. Were Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Because see, that makes more sense to me when it's a home game, because literal one swing of the bat could just end the game. True. Especially depending on who's up at the time. But if you're away, they still got another chance. You might as well go for the guaranteed run. Right. It's so simple. And we weren't even like middle of the order or anything. It was like the eight, nine, one hitters or something. <laughs> so it's like just bun them over and then we're gonna pinch hit for the pitcher because we were in Cincinnati, so we're playing National League. So it's like, oh my god, it's so frustrating. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> like just play small ball. It's so simple. Uh all right. Anyway, uh, getting back to the last couple injuries here, uh, Andy, Ender Enciarte went out uh, for Atlanta with a hamstring. That's a that's a pretty big loss for them. Um, but actually, I, I'm gonna look really quick what he's doing this year. But I mean, the last couple of years he's been really good. Uh, he's batting two ninety four. With, uh, with a seven twenty one OPS, so it's pretty good. Pretty good. 
I think he's a leadoff hitter, so like I don't expect his slugging to be very high. But um, yeah, big loss. He's a really good defender too. Uh, and then the the big news is not an injury, but a return from injury for Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, yeah, he had a pretty good game too last night. And then it was either last night or two nights ago, but he he hit a home run in his first game back. It's like, yep, he's still good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's... that's the injury report. There's a lot more, obviously, but those are the big ones. Um, so yeah, we talked about Joe Musgrove's no hitter, but there was another no hitter on Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday, yeah. Uh, and that was Carlos Ordon of the White Sox. And he had a perfect game going in. Uh, he had one out in the ninth and had a perfect game. And then lost it on a hit by pitch. Which sucks for him. <laughs> so how do you feel about that? I mean, he hit him. <laughs> I think it was kind of scummy. It's not the hitter's fault. He made, from what I've seen, and I haven't watched all of it yet, like for the videos of it, but it didn't look like he tried to move at all. I mean, he, it was a curveball. Uh, so it started at like his hip and he, he turned and then it bounced off his toe. Uh, so it wasn't like he like stood there and like leaned his toe into it. Like he turned his back. He didn't even see the ball coming and it hit him in the foot. So I that's on Rodon. I, I don't. I'll have to watch maybe a couple more angles of it because from what I saw, it looked like he just kind of took it to the foot. And I'm like, bro, you couldn't even just like try to get out of the way of that. At least make it look like it to spoil a perfect game. Okay. Did you see the guy right before that? It's uh, Josh Naylor. No. So he... um. He hit like a grounder to first and he wanted to break up the no hitter so bad. His like uh I forget what it was. Basically his time to first. I wanna say it was like two point his like average is like two point four or something. And it was uh it was like Two point one or like two point oh was like, like real try hard math, and he like dove full out in the first, and like uh, Jose Abreu for the White Sox made a really nice play. He like slid and made the grab, and then he like ran and like slid into the base to beat him by like a fraction of an inch. See, I've got no problem with that. I don't no, like no, if no, you no, want to try and break it up. By all means, do everything you can for the. Outside of, like, two things for me that are, like, absolute kind of, like, really, bro. And one is not even attempting to get out of the way of a hit-by-pitch that you probably could have gotten out of the way of. Or at least also, looked like you tried. And then the other one is bunting. I think everyone's kind of in agreement. You don't... When someone's got a perfect game, you don't bunt. Same with yeah. the no-hitter. Like, you just don't the do only, it. Well, okay. The only way I'd say for a bunt is like if if it's a no hitter, not a perfect game, and he like walks someone, and you try to bunt him over to second or something, 
Mm, I'd, I'd probably be okay with that, depending on the score well, of the game. See, but like that doesn't even affect the no hitter because you already lost the perfect game, and it's a sacrifice, so it's not a hit anyway. So I like, guess it tech, really. Yeah, I guess that's true. But um, I will say this about the hit by pitch too is that if you watch the Indians, the guy who got hit is our catcher uh, Roberto Perez, and he is one of the least athletic people. <laughs> In the world, <laughs> I don't know if he could get out of the way of a pitch, even if he did see it coming. No, no, my my problem wasn't necessarily like that he got hit. It was from what I saw, it didn't look like he even tried. And yeah. if you're gonna get hit by a pitch, I mean that's still on the pitcher inevitably. But if you don't even try, it's like really, yeah. There's just something Fair. about that that just kind of irks me some kind of way. But I'll say this. Even if he didn't try to get out of the way, if I'm on the Indians or whatever team that's being no or per, having a perfect game pitched against me, I'm doing anything I can to break it up. I don't care. See, I don't, <laughs> like you don't uh, want to be that team that got a perfect game thrown against them. I don't like, know. Like that looks so bad for your team. Maybe, but it's I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. I'm breaking it up. I, I don't I'm know. Gonna, I don't know. If, gonna, but I don't know if bunting is a worse look. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna like lean into a pitch or anything like that. Like I'm not gonna like do that. But I'm gonna if if a pitch is coming at me, I'm not moving. I'm not anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. sucks. But he oh, still that, at least he got the no hitter though. Yeah, and yeah, he pitched really good it was it was rough to watch i didn't even watch the rest of the game or the end of the game because like they they lit us up in the first inning they put up like six runs or something so it was six nothing before like the game even started <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <all right. laughs> i feel like that's what happened to the players and they're like all right i don't care <laughs> this game's over well that was kind of the other reason why i was just a little like really yeah. you can't get out of the way you're you're losing eight nothing is you getting on base really going to change the outcome of this game right now? I mean, fair, but it's a pride thing. No, I, I but I, I, <laughs> I get what you're saying on that front. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that was, uh, that was crazy though. Two, two no hitters in one week is nuts. It's pretty crazy. Um, uh, yeah. So moving on, uh, another pitcher who made some history, Max Scherzer past Cy Young for 22nd on the all-time strikeout list with 2,807. Um, he might have gotten a couple more after that, but uh, that was the number that broke it. Damn. I mean, I've always... I mean, Max Scherzer is like that crazy dude. dude. Doesn't seem to age. And he's always he's like that one that's always a little off. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something that I like watching about Max Scherzer, but he seems a little Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. He seems like Madison Bumgarner. He would he would intimidate the hell out of me if I was standing like, next to him. We'll just say that. <laughs> like him and Bumgarner have that exact same like, Except for Bumgarner, gonna... like outside of off the diamond though. You you wouldn't think he's that like intense. Fair. 
Um, but on the field, he's a freaking. Oh yeah, player. on the field for sure. But if like you saw him, like I think around the stadium, outside of like the actual game, I think you would think he's one of the nicer people you could meet. Uh, yeah, that's totally fair. It's just the only thing I would say against that is obviously the only time I, you know, you see him is when he's playing. That's true. That's true. I, I am a San Francisco as, fan. and Right. Especially as a, you know, non, somebody that doesn't live in that area or won't see news stories or anything like the only time I've seen Madison Bumgarner is when he's <laughs> starting fights and screaming at people for no reason at all. And he'd like to do that. Yeah. Somebody hit a home run and jogs around the bases and he's like, run. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, he didn't like the way some people ran. This is dumb. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, good for Max Scherzer. I mean, the dude's a legend. He's first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. Um, anytime you pass somebody that an award is named after, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah. I would um, definitely agree with you on that one. Um, the Astros this week uh, got wrecked by COVID, lost five starters, uh, including Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Martin Maldonado, and Robel Garcia. And then uh, I just saw right before we went live that the Twins also have like three players. Uh, just got... Um, positive tests. It was like right before we went live, I saw it. Well, you, um, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, of course. But uh, it's just kind of crazy that it hit that hard and all these like, like those are five of their better players. Yeah, the conspiracy theorists would say they're getting tired okay. of getting shit on by every stadium, <laughs> so they're taking a break for a little bit. But I, I would lead that to be oh, fantasy actually, since we went live the twins and angels game tonight uh got canceled damn um yeah uh let me see if there's any names here for the twins uh stupid ad blocker <laughs> <laughs> I hate when you click on a website and then it's like has a pop up that freezes the whole page. And it's like, yeah, you can't actually read this. <laughs> it's like, what? Those yeah. drive me nuts. I'll go somewhere else then. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if they've released any names. I'm not seeing any. But it was officially canceled though. Yeah. Uh, as of like an hour ago. Damn. Um, but yeah, so yeah, last I saw three Twins players have tested positive uh, today. So makes sense. Um, yeah, like you said, we knew this was going to happen at least a couple times. Um, the good news is apparently a lot of players are getting the vaccine. Um, that should help, I would hope. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, you get the herd immunity where, you know, it's harder to pass it when half the, you know, more than half the players can't even get it. So yeah, hopefully that helps. We'll see. But yeah, and just uh, something to keep your eye on there. Um, not a baseball story technically, but 
uh, Alex Rodriguez is buying the Minnesota Timberwolves with one other partner for $1.5 billion. Oh, so that like, okay, I didn't, I saw brief like headlines on that, but I didn't know if it was like he was part of a, a like no, a, an it, ownership group or what? Yeah, no, it's him and one other person uh, are splitting it 50-50. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in case you didn't know, A-Rod's got fucking money. <laughs> well, I mean, that makes a I lot mean, of sense. I, he I was At, the, at the time, he was the highest paid player in all of I, baseball. Right, of course. But that's a shitload of money. Yeah, it's definitely. Now, granted, I don't know if that's like A-Rod and J-Lo are, you know, because obviously J-Lo's probably got more money than A-Rod, honestly. I, will, I don't even know. Uh, I would bet she does. Either way, they both are right. just two total filthy rich. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you combine their money, then that's yeah. 750 million, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, it was just an interesting story uh, after he failed to buy the Mets that he went to basketball and bought the Timberwolves instead. Um, interesting blown play call in the Phillies Braves game it's it's just a if you haven't seen this I think is the link for a John boy yeah it's the John boy one if you haven't seen it after the podcast go check out this link um or if you're watching later feel free to type that one in and uh go check it out um uh yeah it's it was the Braves and Phillies, and it was to end, or no, not to end the game, but it won the game. It yeah, was it was in the, like the top of the ninth or something. Um, but yeah, there was a pop-up to left, guy on third, tagged up and went home, never touched the plate, never really even got that close to the plate. They called him safe, and then they reviewed it and called him safe again on the review. And nobody knows how. <laughs> so what do you think the problem is? What is your thoughts on it? Like, Well, okay. I really like, I don't know if he says it in this video, but I watched a podcast with John Boy. Um, and he was saying that the issue, I really like this, is that the issue isn't the review. It's that when you go to review, you need a hundred percent evidence without a shadow of a doubt to overturn the call on the field. When the whole point of the review is that you're calling into question the integrity of the call on the field. So it's like you're holding the call on the field above everything, even though you're pretty sure that it was wrong or you wouldn't have re reviewed it. So it's like, you shouldn't, you should look at it completely separate from what was called on the field. And it should just be, it. yeah, what is this play? What do you see? What does it look like? Yeah, exactly. So I, I really like the way he laid it out. It, again, we shout out, or I personally at least shout out John Boy almost every episode. Go follow him on YouTube because he's great. <laughs> you know, so I mean, he's very, very good at laying stuff out and being very entertaining doing it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've said that about the NFL too, not just baseball. That like 
just because you can't 100% prove that the call was wrong, like, you can still look at the play and be like, all right, I'm pretty sure that he didn't touch the plate. <laughs> like, just because it's 99% sure instead of 100%. I get what you're saying. But. Because yeah, that one was in, a bad one. That one looked, that if, had bad optics. If you really couldn't tell, if it, if you couldn't decide one way or the other, then sure, go with the call that was made on the field. But if it, if you're pretty confident that it's this way, even if you're not 100% sure, then I, I would say you should switch it. But Do you think that they should have, like, independent people as opposed to other clues in the box reviewing? Well, they do. I, I thought it was mostly other umpires. Well, it, it might be other umpires. I'm not sure. And then that, that, and is, they obviously rotate between whatever games they're doing in the booth. It's at a it's at a it's like the NFL now, where it's at a separate site in New York. So the the umpires on the field don't have anything to do with the replay anymore once it gets replayed. Well, no, exactly. but I mean, I think the people that are in the review booth are mostly umpires or former umpires. Yeah. So you're saying you think they would they're less likely to overturn a call because they don't want to like show up the other umpires or they don't want to make them look bad. Right. I maybe I, I see what you're saying. Like I don't know if that's necessarily the case cuz I don't know if that's like 100% who's in the review booth, but I I that was my understanding. Cuz yeah. I think that's how the NFL uh review is too. Because I think it's I'm mostly not, retired. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, the flip side of that is nobody knows the rules as well as umpires. So they do know how to make the right call. That's true. It's just Yeah, if there is any bias, then yes, that's obviously a huge issue. But I don't, I'm not sure that there is for you know necessarily that's fair all right if it was proven that they were being biased like i would maybe if i looked at the reviews and saw like the percentages that got overturned and it was like 90 percent didn't get overturned i'd be like okay that seems real high because <laughs> <laughs> like teams don't review unless they're pretty confident so i don't know um yeah, I, I I don't really have a huge issue with the way a replay's done as far as like the logistics of it. I just think that it should be like they should almost not even know what the call on the field was. Like they should just make their own decision not based on that. Ooh, that could be but, interesting. Get a whole I, bunch of I mean, random I, calls. <laughs> I I don't think they could do that. But I, I wish they would. <laughs> yeah, it just sucks that it was so blatantly wrong in this case. Yeah. Like, they have three different angles synced up by time, which is very easy for the MLB to do. Like, it's not like that's difficult. They all have timestamps on the video. Like, and you can see from three different angles that he didn't touch the plate at any point and wasn't really that close to the plate at any point. And then, uh, yeah, they still call them safe. Yeah, did that's, you that, see, that's a tough one. 
Did you see the Braves Twitter afterwards? Because that was one of the best parts. Oh, I did not. <laughs> the Braves Twitter goes, uh, we lost tonight, final score this, and then it's a dot, 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 apparently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was like, nice. That's, that's rough. Yeah, it was good, but um, we'll move on. Uh, another great uh, milestone uh, after Scherzer passes Cy Young is Yadier Molina. Yadier? Yadier? I never knew how to say his first name. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in St. Louis, was he's the first catcher in history to catch 2,000 games for one team. And he's only, I think he was like the third catcher ever to catch 2,000 in general. Definitely so. guaranteed Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, the dude's a legend. I mean, one of the best defensive catchers ever. And he's not a terrible offensive player either. He just No, he's always been fun to watch. I've always liked watching him. He's just, he's so good on defense. Like, just people just don't run on him. Cause you yeah, know well, he, he'll dare you to run on him and then throw you out. That video from the spring training year was epic. So good. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you want to steal? Go it. ahead. Yeah. The guy, for anyone who didn't see it, there was, like, oh. a rookie or, like, a minor league player who, like, faked a steal or, like, went to steal and didn't get a good jump or something and went back. And Molina, like, looks at him and goes, go. Steal next time. Just go. <laughs> and then the pitch wasn't even like a pitch out it was just a normal pitch and he threw him out by like five feet like it wasn't was, even close that was it so good not, that was my highlight of the of spring training this year too it's so good um all right and then our last news story here um kind of there's a couple more we'll talk about in a minute but uh is there's two new rule changes happening in Atlantic League Baseball, which is minor leagues, but not affiliated with any teams. Um, so there's two rules. One is called the double hook DH rule. So I don't, you said you didn't really read on these. So no, I, so, I, I know enough about it, but go ahead and. Okay. So basically this is a compromise between people who want a DH and people who don't, where you could have a DH while your starting pitcher is on the mound. And then as soon as you pull your starting pitcher, you lose your DH and the pitcher moves into the DH slot. So you'd have to do um, like pinch hitters and stuff. So uh, what what's your immediate thought on that one? I think it's dumb. Yeah. I think it's incredibly dumb. <laughs> I'm with you. Either go all in or don't go all in. Like pick, yeah. just pick one. Like I, like I said, I like having the two different split rule sets where you play on both. I know you don't really dig that as yeah. much, but I, <laughs> I like that. So this being some kind of mutation, yeah, of that just does right. doesn't make sense to me because I mean yeah. realistically, you're just losing your good hitter can that is once the dh is up is that dh now no longer able to pinch hit at that point is he is he done yeah. for the day i believe that's the rule is yeah. i mean it would make sense but 
Yeah, once he once you pull the pitcher, that's why it's the double hook is you're pulling the pitcher and the, and the DH. DH. So yeah, you're right. You do lose, you know, a good hitter, and you have to pinch it. But then that's more strategy. I guess I I don't think this one will ever. Make I, it. I I actually could see this being fought by the players' association. Yeah, because I mean, DHs that, then lose a lot of value. Yeah, the Atlantic League is always like the starter test, but like all the rules we talked about a few episodes ago um that are in the minors right now or coming to the minors this year we're in the atlantic league first so like to get to the major leagues they would have to do good here and then they'd have to try it out in a couple minor league levels and then they would have to vote on it to come to the majors so like it's not like this is like next year this is happening no no but, but i i think this is just a terrible idea yeah. i will say something you just said made made me think of something interesting <laughs> so people who are like myself for the dh for universal dh want universal dh but the people on your side who want to not have the dh nobody on your side is like nobody should have the dh <laughs> like everyone on your side is like yes yeah, split like american league dh national league no nobody is like Everybody should have the pictures. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to push our beliefs <laughs> onto you. We're just happy with our beliefs. <laughs> Fair. It's just when you said it, it made me think of that. I'm like, that's kind of funny that nobody is like for universal no DH. Yeah, no, like I'm cool. We're we're cool. Do your thing. We just want to be able to do ours. Yeah. I just, I don't know. When you said it, it made me, th I hadn't really ever it's thought of it. It's actually kind of funny because I hadn't either, but it, you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, and then the other rule they're going to test out is uh, they're going to move the pitching mound back uh, one foot, which, if you want, um, if you want more offense, then that's a way to do it. Yeah, it slows the pitches down and gives the hitter more time to right. react. I, I'm not totally against this one because, like, when the when the pitching mound was set, I I'm gonna look this up really quick. But when the pitching mound was set, guys weren't throwing 95 to 100. <laughs> like, at uh, least not even remotely regularly. Right. Now that's like a common um, thing. Yeah, I mean, like. Every reliever, for the most part, throws at least 95. I mean, the Indians' closer throws like 102. I think we have one that throws slower. But he's kind of a funky throw kind of guy. Um. Yeah, yeah. If you have some sort of gimmick, like a side armor, yeah, he's something I, like that. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I would necessarily call him a submariner, but he kind of is. Kind of like a three quarters. Yeah, like, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Tyler Rogers. Okay. Um. So apparently, it's always been sixty feet six inches since 1893. Uh, oh. But the height of the mound has changed. Oh yeah, that uh, that definitely has. The last time they lowered it was 1969. I thought it was just more recent than that. That's what it says. Um, but yeah, so I 
I'm again, I'm not against this because it it makes sense as pitchers throw faster. You're asking the hitters like to drastically like if you were to if you were to face a pitcher from like 1930, like they're not throwing <laughs> what these guys are throwing. Well, no, both that's in, true. Probably speed and in like the you know movement of pitches. You're probably seeing this. Maybe this is very ignorant of me, but I'm, back then I would imagine that they're throwing quality wise and speed wise is what like you would see at a a typical like D one college. Yeah. 80s is maybe the higher end you know what i mean and even then that might still be a little high um yeah i i agree with you um it's it's interesting to look at i don't know i don't know how i feel about it i Definitely promotes more offense. So. Oh, here. Okay. This is what I was trying to look up. Um, Okay. Just give me a number. (laughs) I was trying to look up the speed of. Like the overall. Like the average speed of what a pitcher threw in the past. Uh. It would be well. It's hard because like there weren't radar guns, obviously. Yeah, you could maybe you'd have to go much later to try and find it something. Yeah, so I guess there isn't really. There might maybe we'll have to look into that and see. People are saying that guys like Bob Feller and. Babe Ruth and stuff could throw pitches a hundred. I I don't think there's any way those guys were pitching a <laughs> hundred. There's no way. I mean, if people can do it now, why couldn't they have done it then? Well, because training is so much different now. Okay, normally, I, normally then. I would say you could have the freak athletes, but we're talking about Babe Ruth, who is not right. a freak athlete. I, so. I back then went out and. Drank like crazy, smoked cigars all the time, like never worked out, never did any training. They just they just showed up and did it. Um I don't know. I don't know if I believe that, but this one this I mean these are all just people answering this question, so like who knows? This guy says that the average pitch in the sixties was ninety. But Okay. I don't know. So, but that's an extra 10 miles an hour. Right. And if you track that back, you know, another 70 years from there, it's, you know, what, 85? I would say, you know, I would say you'd be, be like safe another, at 80 to 85. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, it's just interesting to think about, but I, I would be curious to see it in action, Yeah, how much it made a difference. And also, I'd be curious about like the way pitchers throw the ball right now, it's so perfect. Like imagine a slider 
like it's going and then it cuts right before it gets to the batter. If you extend that a foot, does it start breaking a foot sooner? And then the batter's like in theory coming in. Okay. So in theory, yes, you're correct. It would start breaking. However, a foot sooner. So you would have to put less, I would imagine rotation on some of your breaking pitches. To, yeah. so that it would break later or maybe there's a way to throw it differently that you could still get break late and it would maybe be a little bit harder like the yeah. break would actually take a little bit more that would be the part i would be most interested in seeing honestly is how pitchers would react because like hitters are gonna be at more of an advantage like it's just i mean you give them more time it's just it's gonna happen but uh i'd be curious to see how pitchers react well and i wonder what this change i also wonder what this would do to the stamina of pitchers because yeah it's only an extra foot but you got to throw a little bit harder to get those velocity to keep it up higher so you're throwing harder strain on the muscles this one I could see coming to Major League Baseball, but like I'd be really curious to look at uh, like a stat comparison in the Atlantic League this year versus last year or something, like after this season with the extended mound. Well, you'd have to look at it from halfway through because I think they said that they were starting yeah, that right. at the halfway point for the yeah. season, which actually might be good because it might give you some literal comparable data in the right. same season. Because you're looking at the same players. Yeah, same players, same oh. season. Which you imagine, I'm though, sure is why they did it. Could you imagine as a pitcher, like halfway through the year, to just be like, yeah, we're making the mound longer. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you, have well, fun adjusting. <laughs> so yes and no, that would suck. But I mean, there's no way you don't know before it's happening. It's not like it's a big well, surprise. Right, so I'm sure you're but, training already, but it it does gotta probably kind of mess with your then, touch a little bit, right? But then it's weird because like you're training on this 61 and a half foot mound, and then you go into the game in the first half of the year, and it's only 60 and a half. Throws off that, and the, I don't know. It's it's <sighs> really weird, but I'd be really I'm really curious to see the results of this to see if it makes a difference, how much of a difference. So. I'm I'm sure they'll see better offensive numbers, but I wouldn't surprise me if you see either more injuries on the pitcher side or just less innings pitched. Less innings pitched. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. Um but yeah, so that's it for the you know, news. Um kind of in the news, but also kind of our bigger topic this week. Uh, is Jackie Robinson. Um, Yesterday and Thursday were Jackie Robinson days. (laughs) So this year in baseball, they extended Jackie Robinson Day to be two days now because there were teams who had the day off and they wanted everybody to be able to have a day to wear the jersey, the number 42 jerseys, um, which I think is really cool. I'm... I love this. Yeah. I, I like that because I remember having seasons where you just weren't playing. And... Yeah. I remember the Indians have had a few where they didn't have a game that day. And like, 
I would like look at MLB.com or something the next day and be like, oh, yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day. And like, I didn't even know about it because the Indians had an off day. <laughs> yeah, no. It was cool because we the Giants had Thursday off. So normally they wouldn't have oh, gotten it this year. Been one of the teams. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool that we got ours yeah. too. It's, it's a great idea. And, um, I mean, I, I don't actually know if teams who had games both days wore it both days. I would imagine so. What does it hurt? I would too. I just I didn't really look at it. But uh, yeah, really cool. Um, the other really cool thing is that uh, I don't know what the final number was, but when I wrote this down, there was over 100 players were donating their salaries to Alliance Charity, which is like a Jackie Robinson, like to promote baseball in inner city uh, communities and stuff, um, which is awesome. And yeah, like all these players were doing it for both days, uh, just donating their entire salaries for the day to this charity. So that's pretty cool. sweet. I would and imagine it it's like, higher than that, even at this by the time it was yeah, done. Well, it's at a hundred plus, so. I don't know if they ever like had you know, got a full number. I'm sure probably a lot of players didn't, you know, make it public too. They were just doing it. But really cool that all these players were like, yeah, it's, you know, I don't need a day's worth of salary. <laughs> Which to be fair, they definitely don't, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, unless they're on like a 10 day contract or something, they definitely right. make it enough to lose one, one of the salary. minor league guys who got yeah. called up for an injury or something. But uh, yeah, really cool. I had never actually even heard of this charity until this article that I read. But uh, I don't know if it was like a Jackie Robinson, like if uh, his family started it or if it's just one that is like an honor of him. with or something. But, but yeah, so really cool. Anytime you can promote baseball to anybody, I mean, great. But ba baseball is one of those sports, like uh, hockey is like this, uh, where it's you have to have your own equipment. So it's so hard if you don't have money, like if your family doesn't have any money to to get into baseball is really difficult <laughs> it can be very much so so like if a parent's struggling for money like you can be like all right go play basketball because you don't need equipment well it's <laughs> it's a good gonna provide the ball it's a good 500 dollars to play on a high school team these days really yeah you did, your school had like pay for play yeah i mean I, if i'm not mistaken they had a fund for yeah. to help like right. for it's, people it's that couldn't yeah but yeah. um but yeah they're to pay for like their sweatshirts their jacket um you know whatever like the extra stuff that we got yeah. is basically what it was and i think it ended up being right around 500 bucks see my i mean i was lucky i grew up in a pretty good area like not you know i was pretty good my family was you know, upper middle class, whatever. But uh, yeah, our, I mean, our whole school was like that. The whole community kind of was. So we had that stuff like, you know, sweatpants and hoodies and 
custom bat bags and stuff like that, but that was all like paid for by the families. Oh yeah, that's and nice. you could either get it or not. Like it was just optional. <clears throat> well, I mean, and our most the jerseys of, were provided by the school. Most of it was optional. Jersey. Yeah. Um, but there was like still like a core fee because we did do a lot of traveling for us. Okay. I I helped coached at a little more affluent high school. Yeah. They it well, was. Yeah, I guess that makes sense too. Is the travel costs? Because we we would go, we would have like sometimes like an hour to an hour and a half trip to a game. Yeah, I know the high school I went to, not when I was there, but probably about 10 years ago, was talking about switching because it was never pay to play. Like it was a public school and they never had that. Uh, But I know they were talking about switching to that format where it was whatever, 100 bucks per player to play a sport or something. But I was lucky that I never had that when I was there. I just see just signed up and played. When I was in high school, we I the school I went to uh was that way. I think for when I was in school it was like two hundred and fifty bucks. It was obviously okay. much cheaper because it was a long time ago. Um But yeah, I know, even I know then I feel I just thought that was a normal thing. Cause that was I went yeah. to a public high school when I played baseball. It wasn't like I was at, like, a private school. Yeah, I was public school, too. I think it just depends on the community and how much tax support the school gets. And, like, if you cut some of the school taxes, then, you know, they can't afford to keep sports programs unless the kids pay for it. I guess that's that would make sense. I also don't know, like, you know, we did, like, charity or, uh, like, fundraiser stuff, too. Like, we did, like, spaghetti dinners where the community could come and pay like 10 bucks a ticket to support the team and if i'm not so mistaken i went into it too if i'm not mistaken we sold like candy bars or something yeah i think we did that too but but yeah uh either way this is a really cool if you if anybody out there wants to support a baseball charity alliance charity i don't i think it's just called alliance <clears throat> uh, is what all the players give their uh, things, their salary to for the day or days. Um, so this other, the last thing I want to touch on is anybody oh no <laughs> uh, all right well we're gonna be in a small intermission because i don't know much about this last topic it's uh, a little bit about how ken griffey jr made wearing jackie robinson's 42 a thing That is unfortunate timing. Well, we'll end up cutting this out of the YouTube video. So how's everybody doing tonight?
Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I don't know what just happened. My computer just restarted. <laughs> I was like, wait, did my internet blip again? I was like looking at everything. <laughs> it just like black screen, full restart. I was like, okay. All right, computer. Sure, we're doing uh, that. Apparently, this is just our technical difficulty episode. Yeah. <laughs> just get it out of the way. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, did you say anything else after I... I just mentioned what it was. Uh, wait, what, what was when it? When Ken Griffey Jr. making, I don't know much about it, but I... Uh, okay, so yeah, so... So yeah. I thought that Jackie Robinson Day was something that's been around for, like, decades. Like, it, like the 70s or 80s. But apparently it was, like, 97 like very recent <laughs> um but yeah so they retired Jackie Robinson's number uh in uh now I'm gonna forget okay I'm sorry check that they retired Jackie Robinson's number in 97 like league wide That's kind of late. In seven, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. wanted to wear it on the anniversary of his first, um, his first Jackie Robinson's first appearance in Major League Baseball, which was the same day that his jersey was retired, which is April fifteenth, which is why Jackie Robinson Day is the fifteenth. But <laughs> so he called. Je uh, Ken Griffey Jr. called Bud Selig, who was the commissioner at the time, and was like, hey, I want to wear this number 42 jersey uh, on this day just to commemorate it. And, like, he called him at home, like, on his personal phone <laughs> and asked him. And, like, it, it was granted, so he got to wear it. And uh, so. And then it was like several years later, um, he wanted to do it again. And so he called and got approval again. And then it was, uh, it was basically from there, he was, uh, everybody saw him doing it and was like, we want to do this too. And then the, Major League Baseball just was like, all right, let's make this Jackie Robinson day. And it was 2009. No way. It started. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was older than that. I didn't know. So, I didn't think it was super old, but I, I thought it was older than that. Yeah. In 2009, uh, I'm, I'm like reading directly from the article here, quote, in 2009, five years after uh, the first time, MLB officially de designated April 15th as Jackie Robinson Day. Um, and Selig said that everyone who wore a uniform, players, coaches, managers, would wear number 42. And that continues today. So, like, this was only 12, 12 years, years ago. <laughs> I figured at least since, like, mid to late 80s. Yeah, right? That's at what least. I thought. 
I didn't think it was like super old, obviously, but right. I mean, well, he didn't have his jersey retired until like the late seventies. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it's super interesting that like one, this happened so recently, and two, that like. It was just Ken Griffey Jr. wanting to, like, pay respects to Jackie Robinson, and it, like, got this whole thing started. And, like, that wasn't the intention at all. He just wanted to do it by himself for one day. Just more of the legend being a legend. Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. is great. (laughs) Everybody, like, I don't know a single person who dislikes Ken Griffey Jr. I, I think, barring all of those injuries he would have been statistically the best hitter to ever play the game. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely up there. Because he's already pretty high up on some of those lists. And he lost, I think, quite a bit of his prime to injury. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Once he got moved into uh once he got moved to Cincinnati it was kind of all downhill from there but his years in Seattle were I mean you can't name one kid who didn't play baseball who didn't do the Ken Griffey Jr. stance at some point like everybody did that the (laughs) (laughs) oh he was so good I love Griffey I would say he's one of them, easily one of the best hitters all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say there's any question. I mean, without, I, I'm going to look up the stats really quick. First off, he played for 22 years. Yeah, but a lot of it wasn't. I mean,. Besides his last two years, his worst year was 250 batting average. Okay, I guess. All right. He, if I'm not mistaken, right, he was hurt quite a bit. Okay, his last couple of years he was, but like before that, he played 144, 143, 109, 128. I mean, he played majority of the seasons. But yeah, I, I mean, his years in Seattle, he was the greatest. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's unreal. But yeah, I, it's a super cool story. I guess I can throw the link in chat. Um, uh, or if anybody is watching on YouTube later, you can go check out this article uh, if you... I guess copy it down out of the chat in the center of the screen. But um yeah, it's a really good article about how it all happened and it goes way more in depth than what I just explained and much more coherently. But <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good read. Uh definitely recommend it. But yeah, uh 
Uh, do you have anything else? Giants lost. <laughs> oh, also, just relating to Ken Griffey or Jackie Robinson, everyone should go watch the movie 42 because it's excellent. Oh, that movie is incredible. Chadwick Boseman, before he was Black Panther, like I saw him in that and I was like, this dude is so good. And then when he was cast as Black Panther, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm down for this. That movie was incredible. I love it. It's definitely in my top, probably my top three baseball movies all time. It would it would for sure hit my top ten or top five. I was but, gonna say it's definitely top three. It might be my number one. I don't know if I'd put it my number one. I'd have to actually like think like okay. hard about it. Don't don't go any more into this because I feel like this would be a really good topic. <laughs> Is like baseball movies. Let's do that for next week, and we'll we'll do that for our main topic next week. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's on the list. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else this week? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I, well, yeah. It was pretty standard early season. People get yeah. all excited for teams that are probably going to go back down to earth, and of course, I people mean, yeah. panic and want to jump ship, and their teams are usually going to come back up. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the standings right now, it's it's so backwards from how I expect it's going to be. It's it's like... In a lot of cases, yeah. I mean, obviously, the NL West is about where I expect it, but, like, Cincinnati is leading their division... Seattle Mariners are leading their division. Kansas City Royals are. Boston Reds, like, I don't expect any of those teams to even make the playoffs. <laughs> Let alone finish in the top of the division. It's like, true. Like, if you look at the AL East, it's almost exactly the opposite of what we predicted. <laughs> and and what Vegas predicted, not just us. Uh, like, it's Boston, Baltimore, Tampa, Toronto, New York. <laughs> like... There's no way that division's finishing that way. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it's, I mean, like you said, it's all overreactions at this point. Like, yeah. we're not even 10% of the way through yeah. the season. I feel like you got to give it at least a solid month, maybe even month and a half before you can really kind of understand where teams are. People yeah. settle in and. Right, I mean, guys start off cold and then get going, or vice versa. It's, there's no, it, it's, you can't overreact this early in the season. You just, <laughs> things are going to go right or things are going to go wrong. And, but people will, though. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's what, like, you have to talk about it. Like, I you mean, have to talk about what's happening, but. Hey, up, up until the last couple of games, the Giants were doing pretty good. <laughs> now they're starting, more they're, they're starting to come back down to earth <laughs> well yeah I mean you're gonna have that uh, yeah but it's, it should be a fun season 
it's going to be interesting to see how they make up a lot of these COVID games. Yeah, I'm really not sure how that's going to happen. That's the only thing I'm curious about. Uh, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see um, what happens with all the COVID games because I, I don't think they put a bunch of like space in the schedule to make them up. No, like they did last year. I would imagine any games that they possibly can, they'll do double headers for. If they're gonna go yeah. back to an, another place, they'll figure it out. Um, but when you got teams that maybe they're not gonna play again, I don't know how they're gonna make those up. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I guess they're gonna have to do a lot of double headers and. I hope it works out and hope that not too many more games get canceled. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can, they can just kind of get lucky at this point and not have too many more yeah. canceled before they have enough to kind of vaccine to kind of protect themselves and hopefully kind of make that a little bit safer for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, on that note, thanks everyone for watching or listening because we are now on podcast stations. Uh, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash bases and brews, no spaces and go check out our YouTube for previous episodes that you may have missed. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Google podcasts soon, hopefully Apple podcasts or any other podcast services, then feel free to come watch us on Twitch every Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Everyone have a great week, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Bases and Bruce. Have a good one. Later.